The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Today, I'm going to do something a little bit different. I wrote a few books, and one of the books that I wrote recently was called The Badass Guide to Conflict Resolution. I took a look at it, and I modified it, which is now available on Amazon in the modified second edition. In this book, I decided I was going to tackle the word badass. What does it mean? Well, badass is something that we use in conversation to describe real people or fictional people. And it can be used in one of two ways. A really good way, hey, he's a badass or she's a badass. They're really fantastic, amazing people. And this is why. Or we can use it in, in a bad way. And it could be used to say, oh, they're a badass. Meaning they're, are, they're dangerous, they're unstable, whatever it is. In my book, I decided to describe the word badass the way that I see it, or the way that I would like people to see it when I talk about the Badass Guide to Conflict Resolution, or any of the other badass guides that I will be writing. So, in the prologue, I ask, what is a badass, and why should I care to become one? I'm going to go through this and describe a few of the sentences that I... I that I want you to take away from this. Here we go. A badass is a person who's tough, confident, and unafraid to handle whatever negativity, setbacks, or challenges that come their way. They're fearless and determined. They're courageous and confident, able to withstand the storms of life and rise above whatever adversities come their way to stand strong in the greatness of their personal powers, ready for the next challenge. They take control of their lives and do not let the words or actions of others dictate how they should feel or react. I'm going to stop there for a moment. Taking control of our lives and not allowing the words or actions of others to dictate how we feel or how we react or respond to life. That's so important. Many of us put so much weight in the opinions and words of others, don't we? Why is it that we take things so personally? You got to look at where the information is coming from and how we react to what is happening in life. If we are reactors and not responders, makes a huge difference. If somebody who we don't know says something negative or writes something negative about us on social media, we got two choices. We either take it really personal. Oh my God, they hurt my feelings. I feel so shattered. Oh, why is this happening to me? Or we say, well, you know what? Everybody is entitled to their opinion. Opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. They're entitled to theirs. I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm not going to let it to control my life. <laughs> and if somebody really meaningful to you, somebody that you have a personal relationship, a great relationship, says something hurtful, Again, we have an opportunity to respond to it or react to it. We can react to it and get very hurt by what this person is saying. Or we can take a moment, 
to let it sink in and to ask ourselves, where is this coming from? There's something deeper behind the words. There's some distress here. There's something going on with this person. And it's my job to ask, are you okay? Where's that coming from? It's all right to ask these questions. So those are a couple of my thoughts on reacting to what is said and to stand in our greatness and not let others dictate the way we should feel or react to what they say. I'll continue with the book. They respond to life by thinking first. They're confident and committed to living their best lives, and they do not let their circumstances define them. They define their circumstances. They do not wear the label of victim, whether they've suffered in the past from injustices or abuse. They use their past's injustices and abuses as the fire that motivates them to succeed relentlessly no matter what obstacles they may face. Here again is an example of how we can easily fall victim and have that victim mentality to things that have happened to us in the past that weren't within our control or that we had no say about. For example, taking my own personal experiences of having been abused in the past by a violent alcoholic father, I could have let that abuse affect me even to this day to go back to that label of being a victim. Oh, poor me. I'm this way because of what happened to me in the past. I suffered and therefore I am suffering. No, I don't, I don't fall into that. I've decided, and I decided a long time ago, that my past does not define my future. My past is in the past. I'm going to talk about that in just a moment. But your past really is in your past. You don't have to wear that label of victim. I allowed what happened to me to actually motivate me. And it has motivated me to help others. I am not the product of my past as much as I am the product of my past. What do I mean? I haven't let my past keep me in the label of victimization. I've used that product to catapult me, to to ignite a fire in me to help others. And I believe that we can look back at the experiences that we went through. And if they're not negative, we can, we can realize that not only did it happen to you, it happened for you. It shaped you into the person that you are today. You are stronger than your circumstances. I could go on on this topic, but I won't. I'm going to go back to the book, The Badass Guide to Conflict Resolution, and I'll read further. All right. They see the past as being in the past. Lessons learned. And they recognize that whatever has happened to them has also happened for them. I just mentioned that. They collect the lessons from each experience and, and add it to their arsenal. They're independent truth warriors and critical thinkers who respect the rights of others while asserting their own. I want to take a moment here to talk about truth warriors and critical thinkers. Regrettably, in our society today, we don't have enough of them. We don't have enough truth warriors and critical thinkers. We have a lot of people who accept the words or ideas of others without examining them for the truth of the matter. They read an article or hear someone, and it could be a celebrity, and they think, oh yeah, they must be right. They don't do their own thinking, their own critical thinking. They don't come up with their own conclusion based on 
the research that they've done to determine whether or not their hearing is the truth or it isn't. It's our responsibility to really examine and not just accept things on their face value. Who is this person? What is their authority? What is their knowledge on this topic? How does it affect me? I am a critical thinker, or at least I'm doing my very best to be that critical thinker, and I I credit my brother Robert, Robert Nadeau, who is a critical thinker and speaks so amazingly on this topic. It's time that we become truth warriors, folks, and critical thinkers, and not accept the words and ideas of others just because they said it, no matter who they are. Let's take a look at at really who that person is and what authority they have and how I can make sure that what I'm hearing is the truth and apply it to my life. I'll go on with the book. Now, they feed the righteous wolf that lives within them, starving the one that means to corrupt them and keep them prisoners to addictions and self-sabotage. There's an ancient saying that there are two wolves within us, and I believe it is a, a an Indian saying from way back when, beautiful saying, we have two wolves in us. And how we live life depends on which wolf we feed. So if we were to take a look at two wolves, one being good and one being bad, and what I mean by the good one is the confident one, the strong one, the one that we strive to be, the happy one. We need to feed it. We need to feed it every day, as opposed to its opposite, the bad one, the one that we should be starving. What is that bad one? It's the one that tells us we're not good enough. It's the one that prevents us from living the life that we deserve to live. It's the one that has us reach for the bottle or reach for the drugs or watch things that we shouldn't be watching or listening to things that we shouldn't be listening to or hanging around with the wrong kind of people. That is not the wolf that you want to be feeding. You want to be feeding the positive wolf. So look at it as positive and negative. Feed the good wolf. Surround yourself with great people. Listen to great things. Listen to motivational people. Listen to motivational podcasts. Listen to things that will will strengthen you. And that way, you can live a better and stronger life. All right, let's get back to the book. They understand that the events of one's life don't dictate the outcome of one's life. Choices do. And that it's not what happens to them that matters as much as how they respond to what happens to them that does. Wow, (laughs) very, very true. Now, let's take a look at it. Choices. That's a beautiful word. The six-letter word choice. Choices. I love that word because it tells us that we do have a choice in our life. We have a choice on how to respond to life, how to move forward. That choice It is within our power to choose, to choose our responses in life. We can be first reactors to life, meaning that we can react, knee-jerk reactions. Hey, this happened, and you automatically react without thinking. That's not the best way to live your life now, is it? To react to life. We don't want first reactors when it comes to emergency services. We want first responders. 
My friend Glenn Morshauer talks beautifully on this topic. Imagine this, and he describes it this way. Imagine an ambulance arriving at the scene of a horrific accident, and the ambulance attendants jump out, and they're first reactors, so they react to the accident scene. Oh my goodness, look at this, there's so much blood, I don't know what to do, I just don't know what to do, oh, I'm going back home, I I can't handle this. No, you don't want that. (laughs) You certainly don't want first reactors arriving to the scene of a horrific accident now, do you? You want first responders. These are the people who jump out, the men and women who jump out of the ambulance, take a look at it and say, all right, this is what we have. We know what to do here, and we're going to do our very best to make sure that this goes well. We want first responders and not first reactors to life. And this is the way it should be with our own lives, right? We want people who are going to respond. We want to become those people who take a moment to think, all right, how do I respond to what I'm just faced with? I can, I can choose to respond in a good way. And there's that, that word choice again. I can choose to respond in the right way. And that is what I mean by, by that. Let's go back to the book. They, they don't see vulnerability as a dark emotion, but see it as a gateway to profound connection with others. I want to take a moment on that one too. Vulnerability, that word vulnerability, how oh, I'm vulnerable. I, I, I talk to people about what's going on in me. I talk about my stories. A lot of people associate vulnerability to a dark emotion. They think of their past. They think, you know, I went through such difficult times and this happened to me and I want to tell my story. Oh, no, I better not. Because if I do, people will see too much into me. They may see my weaknesses. They may see this. They may say that. They associate it to failures or regrets or whatever it is. I see vulnerability not as a dark emotion in which we should attach all those, those emotions, those, those sad emotions to it. I see it as a gateway to share our stories, to share who we are, what we've gone through can be empowering, not only to ourselves by speaking our stories, because everybody has a story, but not only that, everybody is a story. I see vulnerability sharing our stories as that gateway that connects people to one another, that strengthens the relationship, and your story may just help someone get through something difficult. They may feel that, I'm not alone. Are you kidding? I'm not alone in this. Other people have felt this. Hey, folks, Big, big message here. We are more similar than we are different. Two of the greatest lessons that I learned when I was a cop are this. Number one, we are more similar than we are different. Does not matter the color of our skin, our religious beliefs, our sexual preferences, whatever. We are human beings and we are more similar than we are different, meaning that we all laugh, love, and bleed in the same way. And if you walk into this world and you treat people that way, Imagining that they are going through similar things as you are, it, it, it really is empowering because you can then appreciate how they must feel with a given circumstance. So we are more similar than we are different. That's the first lesson that I learned, the great lesson. 
The other one is that you get what you give. So if you give love, dignity, and respect, you're likely to get love, dignity, and respect in return. If you give its opposite, if you are angry, you give anger, you give hatred, you get that, you're likely to get that in return. Big lessons. Two big lessons. Let's get back to the thought, though. The thought that vulnerability is not a dark emotion, that your story needs to come out and needs to be shared because your story may help someone get through a tough time. And I want to stress that, that vulnerability is not that dark emotion. It's a gateway to connecting with others and to it's a gateway to love, respect, union. All right, let's get back. Now, back to the badass guide of conflict resolution. They believe in pronoia. That is, that the universe is conspiring for them and not against them, as opposed to its opposite, paranoia, the belief that the universe is conspiring against them. <laughs> pronoia, paranoia, two different words related. Pronoia is that belief, yes, the world is conspiring for me. It is having faith. Faith is so amazing to have, to believe that the world is conspiring for us, because when we externalize that, internalize that, the universe responds to the way in which we believe. If I believe that the world is conspiring for us, the universe is going to, it's going to react in kind or respond, I should say, respond in kind. It's going to say, yes, the world is conspiring for you. We're going to find those good things and those good things are going to be attracted to us. It's going to come out in our energy. It's going to come out in our frequency. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But pronoia is the belief that the world is conspiring for us and not against us. Paranoia is everybody's out to get me. The world is out to get me. Boo-hoo, look at me, terrible, my life sucks. If that's the energy and the frequency that you're giving out to the universe, the universe is not going to give you some great frequency uh, in return. You get what you give. And if you're, if you're giving this paranoia out to the universe, the universe is probably going to respond in kind. And it's, well, you're going to find reasons why the, the things around you are working against you. So the idea is that we adapt the thought of pronoia, that we start out our days deliberately, that we think to ourselves, the world is conspiring for me, ha, pronoia, yes baby, bring it on. And it's amazing that once we adopt this attitude, this mindset, how the world works for us. So I'll get back uh, to the book. They do not give up on their dreams and often walk where others fear to. For they do not let their fears become their jailers. Let's analyze that line. They do not let their fears become their jailers. We are these amazing people that can use our thoughts either for us or against us. Again, this comes down to self-sabotage. If we fall into self-sabotage, what is self-sabotage? Well, the word sabotage, when you take a look at its meaning. It means to deliberately damage, destroy, or obstruct something. That's the meaning of sabotage. When we listen to, to stories on the news and we hear that an event was sabotaged, that these criminals sabotaged this, 
our minds will often go to explosions, to damage, to all the kinds of things that sabotage is. Damage, destroy, or obstruct. And that is the definition of sabotage. It is a deliberate act. It's not an accident. It's a deliberate act. We hear the stories, we know it was a deliberate act of sabotage. When you put the word self in front of sabotage, self-sabotage becomes to deliberately damage, destroy, or obstruct something. What are you deliberately damaging, destroying, or obstructing something? You're damaging relationships or the potential of relationships. You're obstructing the possibility of living the best world life that you possibly can. To self-sabotage means that you are putting yourself in a cage of your own making. You're restricting yourself. It's like being put in that jail cell that you are afraid of moving forward. You're afraid of asking someone for something. It could be as easy as asking someone out or asking for a job. No, what if? What if I do this and what if I do that? What if they say no? Big deal. If they say no, they say no. Maybe it's the way in which you approached it. Maybe it wasn't right for you, whatever. But if you put yourself in a cage in which you never take chances and never take risks, you'll stay where you are in this cage of your own making. Successful people, they don't imprison themselves. They take risks. They ask for what they want. And this is so important in the overall theme of happiness and success in our lives that we stand in our greatness, that we move forward, and that we do our very best, and that we're not afraid we don't lock ourselves in the cage of our own making. Take risks, folks. Now, I could go on and on with this idea of what a badass is, but you get the idea. Now, that's what I encourage each of you, all you listeners and people who will be reading the book, this is what I encourage you to become this great version of badass, this strong, really powerful, confident individual. Life is going to send a lot of things to us. It's going to knock us down to our knees. Remember that Rocky movie? I, the title of it was called Rocky Balboa. In the movie, the character Rocky Balboa is talking to his son. And his son has really this sabotaged himself. He, he feels that he's not accomplishing anything, and he's all blaming it. He's blaming it on his father, who's a public figure. He is a world champion, or was a world champion boxer, and his son is, oh, poor me. Uh, the attention is all on you, and I'm only getting these little breaks in life because of your name. He's not taking responsibility for his own life, and Rocky looks at him, and he says, you know, the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, go and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or nobody. Cowards do that, and that ain't you. You're better than that. Life is going to hit us. It's going to hit us hard. It's not how hard we're hit. It's about how hard we can get hit 
and keep moving forward. How many times we get knocked down to the mat, don't stay in the mat. We got to pick ourselves up, keep moving forward. Got to keep moving, moving forward with pronoia, with the belief, with this beautiful energy that we have inside of us. We are vibrations, folks. We are these vessels of energy. And what energy we give out to the world is what we're going to get in return. If you have a low energy, a very low energy, you're going to attract low energy to you. For example, if you're not confident, if you kept yourself locked in the cages of your own making, you don't have this confidence. You don't, you don't want to take risk. You don't want to take chances. And your, your shoulders are slumped down. Your, your, your chin is down. And you go and you, you present yourself to the world with this, this low energy. Who do you think you're going to attract into your life? You're going to attract people who are on the same energy wave as you are. You're going to attract these unconfident individuals, and that will likely be your little group of people. On the other hand, if you, if you then broadcast, if you broadcast this high energy, this high value energy, this frequency of confidence, I've got this. I am confident. I'm capable. I've got it. I am so into the fact that the world is conspiring for me and I've got it. I've got all this confidence. If this is the energy that you are transmitting, if this is the frequency that you're transmitting, you are going to attract people on the same energy as you. That's the way the world responds. We've seen it. We've seen those confident people who walk into the room and they are, they have this, this glow about them, this energy around them. And we are attracted to those kind of people. Thing is, we can change our frequency, folks. We can start to believe in ourselves. It may take work, but we can do it. So when it comes to being a badass, I encourage you to be the very best of the badass traits that I've described to you. I also encourage you to take a look at the book. The book will help you to deal with conflict. It's called The Badass Guide to Conflict Resolution. And I want to talk about conflict for just a moment as I near the end of this broadcast. Conflict is something that we're all going to run into. We, in this world of 7.5 billion or more people, not everyone is going to think the same way. Thank goodness for that. We're all different human beings. We all have our different perspectives on things. We have, we've been given these when we were born. We were given these thoughts, these values, and we develop more of them along the way or we develop our own. We're not always going to agree with other people. And that may result in conflict. Our opinions may differ from others to the point of conflict. Some people will run away from conflict. Whereas others will look at it and say, all right, I'm going to deal with this. If we start looking at conflict as an opportunity, and I want you to think about that for a moment, conflict is an opportunity. What kind of an opportunity? It's an opportunity to create a better relationship, to get to know someone more intimately, to ask, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Conflict can really enhance a relationship if you approach it correctly, if you approach it with the intent of understanding and not tearing somebody down. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion. Imagine you. You're entitled to yours, right? So is someone else's. So if we find ourselves in conflict, let's 
man or woman up and handle that with a heart that wants to understand, with a heart that wants to repair the damage, with a heart that wants to hear first from that person. Don't always have to agree with them, but let's hear them out without judgment, without jumping all over their bones. And imagine how this can enhance your relationships. So if you have, and you I know you have, and if you are experiencing conflict, go on out, get the book. This will enhance your life. It's called The Badass Guide to Conflict Resolution. And thank you very much for listening. And I wish you the very best. Until the next broadcast, this is J. Paul Nadeau. Go on out there. Live your life on purpose. Live your life the very best you possibly can. Because we only get one shot at it, folks. We only get one shot at being happy. One shot at living the best life that we possibly can. And the problem is a lot of us think that we have more time than we actually do. Time is guaranteed to no one. We have a very limited amount of time. So let's make each moment count. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 